Welcome to the Adventist Church of the Woodlands podcast, where you will find sermons, devotional thoughts, and current event conversations, all based on a biblical worldview. Happy Sabbath. It's good to be back after a cold camping experience last week. Some of you may have heard we went camping last week and uh, it got down into the low 30s. When we woke up Sunday morning, there was frost all over the tent and all over my daughter's stroller that we left out. But we survived. It was a good experience and we had a good time. And many of us are talking about doing it again when it gets warmer. <laughs> but God is good. You know, we are in the season of Thanksgiving and we are grateful for what the Lord has done for us individually and in our lives. I want us to look at the story of Adam and Eve from a different perspective. Not necessarily, we're not even going to be in the story of Adam and Eve. We're just going to use it as a template. And if you remember Adam and Eve in the story of surrounded by the knowledge of tree, the good and evil, the tree of good and evil, let's pretend that this pulpit is that tree. And so God had told Adam and Eve that they can have everything of the garden, everything that was around that tree was theirs for the taking. They can walk amongst the animals, they can walk amongst the trees, they can eat of every tree, but of this tree they were not allowed to partake. And when you think about it, there was actually nothing necessarily wrong with the tree. I'm pretty sure that the fruit was very delicious and in and of itself there was nothing wrong with the fruit. What was wrong was that it was prohibited by God and so in partaking of the tree they disobeyed what? The word of God. And so one day Eve finds herself wandering around in the garden. Unbeknownst to herself she finds herself in front of this tree. And clue number one would have been the talking serpent. But I guess maybe in those days they communicated with the animals. And so she is standing in front of the tree. And the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 3, we're not going to go there because it's not about this. But in Genesis chapter 3, she saw that the fruit was good, desirable, to make one wise. And the, and the notion sold to her was that if you partake of this tree, you will be like God. And so she said to herself, man, I have everything is mine. The whole garden is mine, except for that one area. And now that one area is being offered to me. And if I take that, not only will I have everything, I will be above everything when I become like God. And that temptation is offered to all of us, perhaps on a smaller scale, every day. But we're going to reverse the whole story now. We're going to deconstruct the story and reverse it to our times, to our modern times. Because back then, when everything was perfect, everything around the tree was what? Was good and allowable for them to partake. In other words, 
back before sin, everything around them was good. They can eat it. They can walk amongst it. Everything around it was theirs for the taking. And there was one small section that was prohibited to them. But let's flip that now. Because in today's society, most everything around us is what? Bad. Now, even if it's good or neutral, many of the good things of society today do not point us to God. They may be good like water you drink is good, but it doesn't necessarily point us to God. Things can be neutral like shoes, unless you have 10 or 35 pairs of Jordans, and then we may have an issue. <laughs> I hope my friend who has 35 pairs of Jordans not listening to this. But you get the point, right? Now, though, what is restricted in society today is whom? It's God. Everything in society is trying to drive God away from the day-to-day -day life in which you and I walk amongst. As a matter of fact, the perfect example of this was seen yesterday when a friend of mine posted a picture on Facebook. And I know this individual. As a matter of fact, you have seen his picture. He's the one that prayed over Lurie and I when we didn't have children. And lo and behold, the Lord answered his prayer. And six months later, we conceived. And now we have a seven-year-old, Hannah. Well, he posted this picture. So when the Facebook picture said, before you can see this picture, you have to know that the content is sensitive or maybe violent and graphic, I was, wait a minute, something feels off because I know my friend John is not going to point something, post something that is violent or graphic. But out of curiosity, I still pressed, let me see more. And you know what it was? Be still and know that I am God. That was it. It was just a picture with, those, with that Bible verse. And Facebook deemed it evidence of either violence or graphic. A Bible verse? Have we come to this? Well, all around us, things are pulling us away from God. But beyond God, because God does not live in, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis where we see him. There is something, though, that is with us every day. It's in our house. As a matter of fact, when you go in a hotel, it's there. And that is what? The Word of God. And so during this Thanksgiving season, and in light of the fact that I hang out probably a little bit too much on social media, and I see the depravity that is going around the world, I am thankful for the Word of God. But unlike Adam and Eve, where everything around them was good and they were restricted from what is evil, everything around us points us from away from the Word of God, including in our own house. We have little devices that distract us for social media. We have big screen TVs that call us to the latest episode or the latest um, sports show. We have our refrigerators that we like to 
you know, take snacks on. We have exercise equipment. And this little book lies somewhere in your house, sometimes in certain houses, begging me, open me. And it's one little book. And it's hard to compete with the things around us. Because when you have an iPad, and I'm reading my Bible on the iPad, it's never a good idea. And I'm not against you reading your Bible on your iPad, but what happens is I'm getting deep into the book of Romans, and then I get a notification. And then I remember, okay, I could put it on focus, but then I flip from my Bible to look at my commentary, and I see the little red symbol on my notification. And in a world that is increasingly getting darker, in a world that you see signs flashing all around you, calling for your attention, I am grateful and I am thankful for the Word of God. The Word of God is going to get more and more precious as the world gets darker and darker. You know, you don't appreciate your lamp in a bright room. You do not appreciate your candle when the lights in the living room are on. My wife, since we moved into our new house, has instituted Shabbat dinner for the girls. And we turn off the dining room lights, and she makes popcorn and a, and a big plate of mixed fruits and we turn off the lights and we turn on the candles and with the backyard in our forest being so dark, you appreciate the light. And so I'm thankful for the word of God. And so we're going to look at a couple of verses that give me thanks for the word of God because as you see the news as I do, see, I don't trust contemporary media anymore. They lie to us. Often... And frequently. As a matter of fact, I keep saying this and I keep forgetting to bring it, but I am going to show you one day a quote from a Satanist. From who? A Satanist that says that, I'm paraphrasing, that basically says that if you read the newspaper and pay attention to the daily news, you are worse than ignorant or something like that. And then Alan White has a similar quote that says, that if you listen to the daily newspaper, it's a waste of time. So they're coming from two opposite directions, both agreeing that the media is, the local news is really not good for us. But when you go to primary sources or when you hear things from, from the horse's mouth, you begin to see the depravity that is happening in this world. One news that caught my attention this week is that the city of San Francisco is guaranteeing income for a certain type of people. So, guaranteeing income if you're transgender. However, this is hilarious. In the application, there are 57 different types that can apply. So, I was looking to move to San Francisco. And there was one gender that applied to me. It said, stud. <laughs> I, I was like, are you serious? And then there was another one that said, um, 
male masculine. I'm like, I fit. Yeah, for transgender. Now, I don't know what they mean by that. But you see the absurdity when clearly the word of God says that God made them male and female. When the days get darker, the light shines brighter. So open your Bible to a familiar verse, Psalms 119. Psalms 119, a very familiar verse. But since we are talking about the Bible and I'm thankful for it, I want us to see it even though it's a very familiar verse. Psalms 119, 105. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, in Hebrew context, they're basically both lines are saying the same thing. However, there is enough nuance to highlight it. When I am walking at night and I'm going to check in on my girls, I have to make sure I look down at my feet as I walk because at times there are Legos everywhere. And if you ever stepped on a Lego at night, you know how much that hurts. And so the Bible is telling us here that the word is a lamp unto my feet. And that is that closeness right around us because if you are walking in a cliff, there is no need to point the light 15, 20 feet ahead of you. For the danger may be right before you. But the word is also a light unto my path. If you know that your intimate surroundings are grounded on the word of God, if you know your household is grounded on the word of God, if you know your church family and, and, and the word preached, whether it's me or somebody else, is grounded on the word of God, then you know that your intimate circle, you don't have to, in a sense, worry about lighting it because it's grounded on the word of God. However, that's when you have to worry about the path you're on. As we have spoken in the, path, in the past, if you're one degree off from here to Deborah, it's not a big deal. But if you're one degree off from here to Baltimore, you may be in Rhode Island by the time you get to your destination. And it's the same way in the spiritual world. If you're one degree off at the end of your life from Jesus Christ, then you don't have eternal life. But the beauty of being one degree off from Jesus Christ is that there is forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Every time you go off one degree and you notice it and the Holy Spirit convicts you, then He will bring you and course correct you every step of the way until He brings you home. How do I know that? Because the Word of God tells me He who began the good work in you is faithful to complete it until that day. Psalms 119, 9 says this, My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your life. 
I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your life. Now remember, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but remember when the publican and the Pharisee were praying in the temple? And the publican couldn't even look up. The sinner couldn't even look up because he recognized his need of God. And yet the Pharisee was saying, Lord, thank God I'm not like them. Thank God I'm not wicked like them. Thank God I return my tithe and offering. Thank God I'm plant-based. You know, he was very hypocritical. But the truth is, though, he said, God has given us his law. And his law is up to us to obey or not. Now, we don't obey in our own strength. Remember from uh, many sermons ago, God's grace will not do for you what God's grace has enabled you to do. So it's all God working in us. But there are tragedies that happen in society where I thank God that because you, we obey his law, that it keeps us from those tragedies. When, when people I know have died from overdoses, I am grateful that the word of God has told me that my body is a temple for the living God. When I hear of calamities, and I hate to use this because I don't want to look down on them, but this is why we have the Word of God, and this is why it is incumbent on you and I to share the Word of God. But in South Korea, 150 people were killed in a stampede. How many of you heard of this? 150 people were killed in a stampede because they were all aligned in a narrow street with very few exits. Something causes a stampede and 150 young people died. Now, why wouldn't or why shouldn't that have been any Seventh-day Adventist or any Bible-believing Christian? Because they were celebrating a dark holiday, Halloween. The Word of God keeps me from that. A couple of years ago in Florida, hit close to home in Orlando when there was that shooting in that nightclub where over 90 plus people died it was considered a hate crime because it was a it was a, a homosexual gay nightclub regardless of that aspect the fact that you and i should not be visiting those type of venues keeps us from certain dangers but we should not look down on them because i was once in nightclubs on a regular basis and I thank God that he brought me out of that darkness into his marvelous light. So I don't look down upon them, but what I do realize is that God's word is a, is a, a hedge of safety around us. And so I'm thankful for God's word, for the protections it gives us, for the rest that we have every seven days of the week. Turn with me to James 1.22. The book of James 
It says, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Now there is uh, an admonition there that it doesn't do us any good just to read the word of God and hear the word of God unless we what? Obey the word of God or do the word of God. And this is where we prevent ourselves from certain calamities simply by being doers of the word. Now, let me ask you, if you're sincere, do you always feel like doing the word of God? I didn't want to come this morning. It's raining. Right? Today's like a perfect day to stay home in a blanket. Larissa said, and somebody bring me some hot, warm carob drink. Right? But we come because I'm thankful for God's people. When I'm surfing online and I'm looking at different things, trying to get a trend for what's happening in the world, I have to admit there are times I find myself intellectually and spiritually lonely in the sea of mass media and the sea of, because some will defend the word of God and they're just like making it worse. Right? And then some are, are, you know, what's the word? Making fun of the word of God. And I don't, you know, the one thing you do not do is jump into a, into a social media argument because it just, it gets nasty quick. But as I see it, I am reminded that things are going to get darker. But I am grateful when I come to church and I fellowship with believers knowing that I, like Elijah, am not the only one who has not bowed their knee to bear. There is something grateful that I am thankful of knowing, I, knowing that there is a group of like-minded believers who we may not always believe everything exactly the same, but we have our hope in the same person, Jesus Christ. I remember as a theology student, I went to my first general conference where all the church's representatives gather from around the world. It was in St. Louis in 2005. And I was student pastoring in a, you know, medium-sized church. But at times, as a student, you feel like, like, you know, we're just a small church in a big state. And how is the gospel ever going to get finished? But there, as the parade of nations kept coming forward of all the nations, and my favorite flag, and I'm Dominican, Peruvian, born in the United States, raised by a Cuban stepmother. So who can guess what my favorite flag in the parade of nation is? What? Cuba? No one's going to guess. You know why? Because my favorite flag was the blank white flag that marched which represents countries in which our denomination is in, but we can't say we're in there because otherwise they would be hunted down for their belief in Christ. And it made me realize and grateful for God's people, thankful that God has an army all around the world praising his name. And a story that highlights that happened once again when I was studying for my Masters of Divinity. This mother child was studying abroad in Italy 
while they took a vacation or student leave and went to France. And in France, he got lost from his friends, separated from his friends, and his wallet was in the bag his friend was carrying, so he had no money, nothing. So he called his mother collect in Michigan, back when you can still do that, collect call. I don't know. Can you still do that today? Yeah, okay, collect call. Called his mother in Michigan, and he didn't know what to do. But the beauty of the Advent movement, she called her pastor. Her pastor called the Michigan Conference president, who called the union president in Europe, who called the conference president in France, who called the local pastor. They picked him up, kept him in the house, fed him overnight, put him on a train back to school, and he was taken care of simply because we are a united body in Christ. And what unites us outside of the spirit of Christ and outside of, obviously, God is the word of God. Hebrews 4.12, as we begin to wrap up, Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the vision of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now, going back to our Adam and Eve analogy, right? Everything is now reversed. Everything around you may be good, bad, or evil, but it's tending to pull you away from God, even in your own house. Yet there's this one book in your house, whatever size your house is, that look what it can do for you. It can judge your motives and not judge in a bad way like con to condemn you, but to let you know whether you are walking in the path or not. And it basically asks you, do you want to continue in the path or not? And I'm grateful for that because the heart, if we trust our own heart, as the messages of the world says, follow your heart. Do you believe in your heart? Follow your own will. It says it divides our intentions. It lets us know clearly and honestly where your heart is. And the beauty of it is that it does it, not calling you out in public, not embarrassing you out in front of the pastor or the elders or other church leaders or embarrassing you in front of your parents if you need to be corrected. When you study the word of God, it does it to your own conscience. Jesus is there appealing to you to come home or encouraging you to stay on the right path. To, to, and it lets you know and it gives you discernment to know that the world around us is getting dark and very bleak. But as we said, as the world around us gets darker, the word of God will shine brighter. So bright will the word of God shine that those who were once in the darkness will come out into the light. Pastor friend of mine from Florida, we were talking about, have you heard of the FTX scandal? Anybody know what the FTX scandal is? Okay, well, people are, in the last, what, 10 years or maybe so, but recently here in the last five years, Cryptocurrency has become the rage. 
And so it's these digital currencies that are supposed to replace. As a matter of fact, governments are looking to have their own cryptocurrency. Well, the FTX thing is basically a huge Ponzi scheme. And what my and and whether now there's a political aspect to it. We're not going to go into that. But regardless, the FTX scandal has cost people billions and billions of dollars, and governments were involved in this. And your everyday person, people. I have cousins who were involved in this. Luckily, they got out before this current crash. But what my friend and I lamented, because governments are involved, is that there is verses in the book of Revelation, Revelation 17 to be specific, where the merchants of the earth lament that they could no longer do business with the beast of prophecy. And when you look at this FTX scandal, you realize that not only governments were involved, and we tend to think of the beast only as what is across the Atlantic, but forget that this nation is involved in that beastly prophecy. And you begin to see the money laundering scheme that was going has a hint of doing business, dirty business. And I don't know if that's exactly what Revelation 17 is prophesying. But what I do know is that nothing in this world is what it seems. And the only thing I can trust is the light of the word of God. Amen. He tells me it's going to get darker. He tells me it's going to get brutal. He tells me that it's going to be like the days in Sodom and Gomorrah. But what he also tells me in this word. He said, I am with you until the end of age. He will help navigate us through this dark time. He will guide us through the suffering. He will guide us through the persecution. He will guide us all the way home. And our duty is to cling to him and to share it with others. Jesus in Matthew 4, 4, two more verses Jesus in Matthew 4, 4 said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Going back to the Adam and Eve analogy, they only had one place prohibited them. Today it's the opposite. We only have one place where we can clearly hear the word of God. And that is his word. How often are we in it? You know, the statistics tell us that Bible reading has declined every year since the 50s. People are reading the Word of God less and less. And they're depending more on the spoken Word of God from the preachers. But we all know preachers can be wrong, myself included. So that's why you must take what I say as the Word of God, but then you must go back to the Word of God and verify whether it is so. Think of everything that is in this world. The music, the iPhones, the iPads, the, the Microsoft tablets. Everything that draws our attention. And there's only one portal that tells us about the future life. And here it is. We've all, or perhaps you haven't, but I know many of us have seen when Bibles are delivered to Cuba or to China, 
or to South America or to South Korea, when they open those boxes, people are running to them and clutching them and holding them dear because they know, especially in South Korea and China, they've tried every other religion. Nothing can satisfy us like the word of God. And I conclude with Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and put them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And for us, that rock is none other than Jesus Christ. This world can offer you everything. It can give you everything. You can have everything, and there's nothing wrong with having everything this world has to offer, as long as it doesn't take you from Jesus Christ. Job was rich. Abraham was rich. Many rich characters in the Bible. But what they all had in common, those who were specifically rich, is that they were ready to trade it all to remain in Christ Jesus. Paul himself said, I leave it all behind, his PhD, his riches, everything, so that he may press forward towards the prize. In this dark, bleak world, I can't think of anything to be more thankful than God's word. For it is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. May you avail yourself of it as the days get darker. Because Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world. And he is found through his word. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing love. In this season of Thanksgiving with so many personal things we can be thankful. In the grand scheme of things, Father, I'm thankful for your word. For it is the guiding post in this dark life. But Father, we have a light shining before us and a hope of glory. That one day this dark world will be, will be brightened by your soon return. Father, may we stay faithful to you. Listen to your word and build upon the rock called Jesus Christ. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Adventist Church of the Woodlands podcast. You can find us at woodlandsadventist.org and you can visit us anytime. You're more than welcome. God bless you and have a great day.